0: You're listening to The Public Sector Show by Tech Tables, a podcast dedicated to sharing human-centric stories from CIOs and technology leaders across the city, the county, state, and federal agencies, joining in a conversation and touching the hearts and minds of leaders across technology today. From mission-driven leadership to cloud, AI to cybersecurity, workforce challenges, and more, never miss insights from peers and vendor partners across the public sector to make sure you never miss an episode head over to techtables.com and drop your email to subscribe new podcast episodes come out every tuesday and thursday along with weekly behind the mic newsletter and one of today's podcast sponsors is tech tables plus an engaging new community where you can have early access to never before released episodes early access to live event recordings early access to weekly three interesting learnings early access to live event ticket purchases no episode ads and more Plus three extra special bonuses when you sign up today. Bonus number one, access to the CEO show. Bonus number two, access to the higher ed show. And bonus number three, access to the digital show. Join Tech Tables Plus today. As always, thank you for supporting the Tech Tables Network. I know there's always a little bit of like, so just give it one minute and we'll, uh, I'm gonna go check this on my iPad. One take Tony. Did I just say that live? Can I say that live? (laughs) Listen, I like it. I, uh, Tony, I feel like I learned a lot about you yesterday, even though this is like our first time talking. So like the, are you a boxer? And you're like, no, no, I'm not really a boxer.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah there's a you lot look, there's
0: a yeah you look like you could not be a boxer though
1: oh thank you i'll take that
0: i received that. <laughs> receive that okay you said you're not that interesting i definitely don't believe you uh on that at all no he's not after an hour and he's, 30 he's really not <laughs> okay so we are live we're going to have folks come on and, uh, Jamie will come on at some point. He's, uh, I've been following Lieutenant Governor Jeanette Nunez, um, cause they're releasing the Florida cybersecurity grant program. And I just see her posting everywhere on Twitter and I just see Jamie standing next to her. And I'm like, Hey, Jamie I'm texting you right now, but just, <laughs> yeah. Oh, so we're just going to start and Jamie will show up at some point. Um, 15 minutes late, 30 minutes late. Yeah. Uh, I, you know, one quick thing the Orlando. So I've got this live, do these like live podcaster events, Tony. And because we're going to watch the first round of March Madness together, the game is at one o'clock. And uh, so I had to throw this the earliest. So we're starting at 7 a.m. And I'm like, I don't know if Jamie's going to show up at seven. He's like, just bring coffee, all of it. Yeah. All the coffee.
1: I wish you luck in that endeavor, I'd say.
2: <laughs> oh. He's coming minutes. on. That's He's coming on. You, you know the best.
1: <laughs> but with poor audio quality, so does it really count?
0: He might be like on uh, his iPhone.
2: No, I'm on laptop. Can y'all hear me? Audio well? There he is. But I can't get video.
3: Eh, we don't we don't want to see you anyways i I know i mean like
2: uh if you knew you know the 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 thing about this is i was actually five minutes early because i was not gonna listen to jokes about being late
3: (laughs) i have no idea what you're talking about
2: (sighs) all right i can go like really poor let me uh hang on guys this is like an exercise in patience today. This is this is hundred percent what I expected. So I actually I actually blocked off the
1: time for this portion of it.
2: Um, let's. Uh, I this have is no idea like what
3: time. This is kind of like the time where we threw Jamie a birthday party. There he is.
2: There he is. Wait, keep going with the birthday party because I think we need those pictures. Do you
3: remember this? All right, of course. our birthday do. party at your I house. Don't... Yeah, Tony. No, we're, well, we're, go- we're going, going no, we here. We're going. We should. We should bring
2: the picture. Is what we should
3: do. And I, I will. F- I'll find the picture. Don't worry. You guys. You guys talk. I'll find the picture. Good. And uh, we told Tony that the theme of Jamie's birthday party was dress as your favorite uh, 18th century president. 19th century. 19th century president uh Mm -hmm. and so sure enough i came wearing this jamie came wearing that and tony came in his best grover cleveland and crushed it kept the top hat on all night the cigar yeah it's incredible we'll find it
2: joe we've got
0: that gonna come out i want to see these photos we can link to that in the show notes by the way Okay. I got you.
2: So yeah, yeah so like More. I, I was, I was trying to figure out if Joe realized what he actually got himself into on this one.
3: I, I don't, I don't think he has any idea. And I told no him, idea. I said, "Hey, this is the first time the three of us have been in a room, virtually or physically, together at the same time in like a decade. So I have yeah. no idea what's going to happen." Correct. But it's going to be and musty we're li- LinkedIn TV
2: and lives.
0: This is going to be incredible. <laughs>
2: Yeah, no, it is like I wish I had people come in the office and they're like, hey, where are we watching this thing? You know, whatever. And I was like, what are you talking about watching this thing? And they're like, yeah, it's like live. We got a link like the whole thing. I'm like, wow, I didn't know that. But I was like, let me just give you a prep here. Like this is roast more than pod, right? Like this is (laughs) this is like three best friends getting together that could miss a decade and we can still find a way to make fun of Tony and it's going to work just fine.
3: God bless it, man. I miss you guys.
2: Thanks for having me on, Joe. <laughs> is this the, is this the part where we acknowledge that Tony is the accidental guest? <laughs> this is I, it. This is the,
0: this, we... <laughs> Tony. I like you more and more. I don't know how we didn't connect when I was in Tampa a couple weeks ago, but this is.
1: We'll have to do. it. <laughs> I look forward to it, Joe.
0: <laughs> and. Oh man, this is gonna be too. This is gonna be too good. I, we uh-huh. I might not even ed- we might not even edit this. Like we
2: just like, would, I'm, not gonna, yeah.
0: I'm not editing nothing. Um, okay, we ready to do this?
2: Let's do it. We're Let's do it. doing this. Let's, Let's go. Let's There's no it. prep for this one. Like this is the only pod I've ever been on with four people where it's literally like no dress rehearsal, no prep calls. There was some emails. I ignored them. Tony's still looking for the big blue E. And then, like, just roll the ball and let's go. I
0: I love that we're all together. All right. So, (laughs) welcome, everyone, to today's LinkedIn Live with Jamie Grant, CIO at the State of Florida, Jordan Rayner, Chairman at Threshold360, Tony DeSisto, COO at Franklin Street, who are, as if you're watching the pre, the pre-pod, are really three really good friends, or two really good friends and Tony's on the side. (laughs) I... (laughs) They're going to take us back over a decade of their startup experience, if we even get to that, uh, in the city of Tampa and how these entrepreneurs are championing Citizen. Oh, yes. Do I get to? Is this a new one? (laughs) We're sharing screens now. That's what I'm talking about. That's going to the show notes.
3: Oh,
2: man. Well done, Jordy.
3: God bless the internet. God bless the internet. Internet never forgets. <laughs> the purpose the of is like the half dip. the people at the party were
2: like, "Who are you dressed up as?" Like, and Tony's like, "Grover Cleveland, duh."
3: <laughs> <laughs> we're losing our entire audience. Tony,
0: <laughs> we gotta have a follow up. I gotta know more about this yeah. about that Halloween. And what were you after that? Did you? Did you oh,
2: it anything? wasn't Halloween.
3: No, this is just a regular no, get wait. together.
2: This, no. No, this was no, this was a birthday party where everybody was in on the joke but Tony.
3: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> kind like of like So, so like
2: Tony is Tony hides it really well, but he's the smartest guy on this pod, right? Like deep down underneath My that phone. wrapping paper is like brilliant guy. Um like legit. Yeah, really well. Like, like I don't know if you're smarter or better at hiding how smart you are. Um <laughs> And so like he could actually walk you through like Grover Cleveland's State of the Union and why Grover Cleveland is his favorite president, and you wouldn't necessarily get that when you meet him. And so Jordan, Jordan was absolutely certain that we could get Tony to fall for dress-up, theme party, birthday party, and he was right. And so Tony showed up as Grover Cleveland. Right. We all showed up as ourselves. Yeah. Magical night. So I know
0: Tony's the smartest because I read Make Tampa – which like, <laughs> how did you get this book and i'm like amazon it never forgets
1: it's one of the 10 this... copies that are out there
0: yeah <laughs> i thought i,
1: was, I have
2: like, one somewhere out here yeah i always have people are like hey you have you have a friend with like a best you have a friend that's a best-selling author i'm like you know tony too and they're like no no we need jordan <laughs> like the actual
0: author jordan rayner <laughs> He's got like
1: seven real books. Buy oh, his stuff. That's, those are real of, books. Yeah.
2: Those are real <laughs> books. Yeah. He doesn't need the sales. Buy my books. <laughs> That's right. That's I, right. I, hey, I'm old friends. enough. I'm I'm old enough to remember when Jordan was like, "Hey guys, it's dropping today. Can you go buy it?" Because nobody knew who Jordan was. Now we're like just introduced as Jordan's friends. Like it's it's right. cool to see. But those are real books. Yeah. Those aren't like self published. Wait, Joe,
3: know. did you read Make Tampa?
2: Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Oh, all I of like it. That. It's a
0: great book. It's a great. It is book. the it's best different. nighttime I read reading. First draft. Yeah, this is great.
2: It will put thesis. you straight to sleep. Oh no, I what? love it. My book tour this
0: six book is, years later. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> this, book is, this book is fantastic. I'm like media in the public sector, so when I read this, and I'm an entrepreneur, startup, so this is like this spoke to my heart. I was like, oh, oh this is great. I love it yeah Uh, no it actually
2: is joe it is fantastic and the other thing i'd say about it is like you can tell tony like we would we would bust his chops all the time like tony is really passionate about like city and local government um and you can tell when you like look at policy or read the book uh which it it comes through i still don't understand how he's passionate about city or local government but like he really really is uh so as much as we like to give him a hard time he's got like great proposals on like Trash pickup efficiencies and stuff that pothole fixing stuff that really makes a big difference when you're talking about a walkable community. That's that. That was great. That was really great. Was just
1: yeah, I like that. Thank you.
0: Thanks, Jamie. I'm I'm gonna move to Tampa. We we I was with Jordan. We were on the the river on this like little boat in Tampa a couple weeks ago, and I was like, I can do it. I live in Santa Barbara. I need water. I need a city. I'm to Tampa. We'd love to have you. We're 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 coming. And would
3: you, you know, after this podcast interview? You'd love to have Joe here. I I would.
1: Yeah. No, I think I think, yeah. Come on. Come on. Down. Come on out.
3: Everyone and else's.
0: Everyone else's. Yeah. No, I love that. Uh and Tony, if you're not, I don't even think I invited you, but if you want to wear, if you wanna wear the Groverland Cleveland, I can't even call <laughs> <play> it. <laughs> We have a live podcast tour in Orlando. I don't even know how to segue into this, but if you I'll wear this, there. it'd be legend. Saturday, March
2: eighteenth.
1: I will gonna dress up, up as
2: a president if Tony shows up.
1: Yes. Listen, don't threaten yes. me with a good time. I'll be there <laughs> as <goal>, Kroger <look, laughs> Cleveland.
0: I'm on it.
3: Um, <laughs> Tony calls Tuesday.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I I I love this. So so like I said, we were not even going to get through half of this, and I love this. Uh, But the purpose of today is to give everyone a little bit of taste about how we do things a little bit differently at Tech Tables. I am a startup. We are a startup. My wife isn't here, but she's the one that works with me. It's literally just the two of us. People think we have some giant team. It's literally just me and Jamie Tosti. And uh, we've got a big mantra. And our mantra is you can't innovate your actions without innovating the way you think. So we're going to give you a little sneak peek. Uh, The company name is Levity Media. So these conversations are right up our alley. We love to have fun. We love lightness. We love to bring um, a lot of joy into the content that we create. So Orlando, Lowe's Portofino Bay Hotel, Saturday, March 18th, 7 a.m. I don't know if Jamie's showing up at 7 a.m. He might be like, can I get the 12 p.m. slot? Um, But he's going at 7 Uh, It's going to be a ton. It's going to be a a stacked house, ton of fun. We've got three tickets left. So if you're in the audience, head to techtables.com, all the details are there. And now I'm fully prepared that while uh, we wrote some questions and I said, Hey, Jordan, I got these questions. I don't even know if we're going to get through one question, but that's okay. So we're just going to take off. It already took off. Uh, But this is where the magic happens. So Tony, Yes, we're gonna we're gonna start with you, Tony. I love it.
1: Let's go. Because
0: because Jordan took a screenshot of the three of you in a text message, just the part that said, "Tony's Tony has the star power, and that we needed you to come on <laughs> this podcast to come Feels on this podcast." Way. So make Tampa. We've got the star power in the house, but I was kind of curious. Take us back a decade. I watched the startup uh, Tampa grind YouTube video. Ninety minutes. Went on a four mile walk yesterday. I, I said kind of before I was like Definitely looking at it. photos of Jordan, Tony, and and Jamie wasn't on there. The three of you aged well, by the way. When you were younger, it was it looked a little rough, but uh, <laughs>
2: paint, Tony it hard to to, raise, it's hard to raise capital sure when you look like you're twelve. <laughs>
0: and by the way raising capital they talk about jordan and tony talk about raising capital in san francisco and every vc was like yeah yeah yeah, we love your idea no one signed up afterwards i thought it was like pretty funny um tony so so
1: we we do now less so then but
0: yeah yeah Yeah. (laughs) dude take us back a decade What, what was it like what's changed in tampa it's been 10 11 years
1: yeah, no, 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 it's a, it's a great question. I appreciate you having me on. This is the serious portion, so I appreciate you having me on. This is great. Um, but no, I mean, it is it, it is actually an interesting uh, vantage point for me to talk about it a little bit. Um, so, you know, way of background, which I think he did a little bit. But uh, so my current role, I'm in commercial real estate uh, at Franklin Street. Um, and so I'm viewing the startup scene removed, right? So 10 years ago, Jordan and I started uh citizen investor uh which was a you know an interesting company you, know, you talk a lot about uh civic engagement which i could you know, talk a lot about really passionate about uh but it was crowdfunding for government projects for lack of a better word and uh and i was new to, to startups frankly right I kind of you know this was 2011-12 uh you know there's a lot about startups kind of nationally um but new to the scene in tampa you know uh, jordan and, and frankly jamie more, more familiar with it mine was more hey there's this i was coming at it more from the government standpoint i served on the tamp advisory budget committee after running a uh unsuccessful race for city council and uh and said, "Hey, this would be a great idea we should do it you know talk to both these guys ultimately you know jordan and i decided to, decided to start the company uh and that was kind of the my first entry into into doing a startup and uh it was interesting i mean i mean I would say more broad than the startup, and I'll let these guys kind of dig into more about the startup scene. But it's how Tampa's changed, right? So you saying you want to come? Like Tampa has changed immensely in that time period, and I think it's become a much more attractive place. You know, I think people who live here always love Tampa, but uh, externally, it's become a much more attractive place. The amount of development that's gone on. Um, you know, the amount of quality of life stuff that's been done in the last 10 years and really the, the, the last five years in particular, I think it's just like changed Tampa's trajectory as a whole, which obviously equates to the to the startup side as well. Jamie, what, what are you doing? Work.
3: Jamie, what running. are you
0: doing? What are you doing? <laughs> these, these two are out.
2: Uh so so uh Jordan had actually been uh Jordan and I have been working together on a couple projects a couple years before. Like I, I think if we took you back a decade, the start we have a quorum of the startup scene in Tampa, like on this call. Yeah. Right. So like it was, you know, Tampa Bay waves about the same time. So Linda was was getting that going over there. Um, you know, but uh when when we started raising uh with our company, uh, you know, we were told kind of similarly and we would share a lot of the stories because Citizen Investor, I think, was a year or two behind us, uh, like chronologically, but, but the three of us spent a ton of time. Um, and I think when you really describe like a, an, an ecosystem, I think our relationships together and as a group kind of demonstrate what it takes for success because we all three have very, very different passions um, as far as industries or things we want to disrupt or things we want to do. But it's, a, it's also a little bit of a Venn diagram. Um, and as you saw in the intro, like we hold no punches, like we're not going to let each other go run off the cliff with like, yeah, sure. It'll work out. That sounds great. Um, we have a lot of fun poking holes in each other's, you know, arguments or thesis to say like, Hey, before you go invest time and money and time away from the family, like have you thought about this? And it's actually a great service and, and friendship, uh, like in, in the way of a like the verb to be a friend, um, to, to tell the truth. Um, and I think you can tell, we, we love telling each other the truth, but I think more importantly, we love each other. Right. And so uh, at the time, like you know, it was it was a really small group. We were told all the time, you know, we'll fund you. We love what you're doing, but we're gonna we're, we're gonna need you to move to to Boston, to Austin, Austin really kind of early. But you know, the Valley, New York. There's about five different markets you could play in, um, and so uh, we finally had uh, when we rose our Series B. I remember reading uh, something. I think Florida Venture Forum put out, but it was somebody kind of in the space and our series B, like just our company series B was like 25% of the venture raised in Florida for the quarter, which like, when I say that now, some people are like, oh my gosh, that's amazing. But that was really a massive indictment on just how kind of immature and fledgling the startup scene was in Florida. And I think the really cool thing now is like, nobody says you have to leave Florida, let alone you have to leave Tampa, right? So raising capital prior to a growth stage required you to get on a plane. Uh, if you were in Tampa before now, like you might be able to take an Uber. And I think when you look at the talent that's coming out, when you look at the the money and then you look at just, you know, some of the stuff Tony was describing, like you're really getting to the place where you can launch and build something in the state of Florida that changes the world and not have to leave Florida to raise capital, to find co-founders, to, to, to find uh, co-founders. Um, and, and I think it's just really cool to watch because it, it was a... Um, I think fair to say like really, really small group, 2010, 2011, 2012. And to the extent that there was anything in tech, it was really B2B at like mid and growth stage companies. Uh, there was nothing on the front end. And then the last thing I'd say for people that are listening, that might be thinking about like taking the plunge citizen investor was a brilliant idea. Um, to the point that like jokes aside, like Tony, Tony not known for uh, technical prowess, uh, like brilliant mind. Right. But he walks in one day and he's like, Hey guys, I got this idea. And we're like, okay. And he's like, I want to do a tech startup. Uh, and this is just the way I remember it. Um, it's probably off, but, but (laughs) like Tony wants to do what? And then he starts walking through like crowdfunding, uh, citizen projects. And, um, and when you think about it, if anything, some of the challenges in Tampa at the early days were companies that were too right too early. And, and now you're getting to watch Florida play like Sten maths, where it's not about being too right, too early for survival. It's about like, can you actually um, go dominate market share somewhere? And I think Florida has all the potential and Tampa specifically has all the potential to dominate the next hundred years with what's happened over the last decade. So it's, it's really fun to watch.
0: Yeah, no, it is a ton of fun to watch. I'm very excited. Um, kind of like Tony, like I find a lot of problems. um, with santa barbara uh just like because i have a business so i'm using business services so i'm like oh oh so you don't take online payments so i cannot pay taxes the office is closed right so i'm constantly like what if i i could solve a hundred problems on the city front of like man we could do tech here we could do tech here we could tech here jordan's great because he kind of helps me focus and so right now
2: Real quick, I'm gonna add one yeah. little element as you transition to Jordan. One of the things like to tell you how nerdy this group is, when when Tony was talking about launching citizen investor, I loved it because I thought it was gonna prove that people hate taxes. Right. So like here you have this notion of like crowdfunding to self-select. And it was kind of like when Norway said, Hey, you can give more of your income if you'd like to the to, to, the, to the federal government. Um, and it was really fascinating to watch. Like Tony and Jordan could talk all day long about projects that were getting funded, projects that weren't getting funded, like how people chose to use their tax dollars. But underneath like the innovation was this really interesting sociological look at how people viewed the taxes they had to give to government versus their elective income.
0: Yeah, that's a deep insight. Uh, Jordan, we, we were talking about raising capital from the first round. The citizen investor is more the mm-hmm. small yep. friends and family Yep. threshold, 360 yep. different story. Tampa we just talked about has changed drastically. Yeah. Um, could you just maybe kind of dive into, I think, the change with Threshold 360, sure, your ability yeah. to raise capital? And-
3: oh, yeah, absolutely. So, um, yeah, with Citizen Investor, Tony and I raised a very, very small round uh, from friends and family. And the, the, there was not a whole lot of early stage capital in Tampa at the time. This was 2011, 2012. There were no you know self-identified angels or angel networks in town. Fast forward to when I took the CEO job at Threshold, uh, was, the, was the second CEO of this company back in 2016, even in just that four to five-year time frame, there was a whole lot more early stage capital in the Tampa Bay area. Um, and uh, I did spend a lot of time, I, I should say a lot of time, I spent a decent amount of time in San Francisco and in Boston and New York. Um, raising money while CEO. But but ultimately, we really kept the pool very small. All of the investors in Threshold are still local to Tampa Bay, and we've been able to fund that company's growth by keeping it all in Tampa because there's enough money to go around to fund that company's growth. And so I, I think Threshold's a really good case study of what we've seen in Tampa, that over a very small period of time, more early-stage capitals come to Tampa, stayed in Tampa, has reinvested in Tampa. Jeff Fennick's a huge reason for that. Tom Wallace and Florida funders are a huge reason for that. Uh, Stuart Bertrand, the founder of Threshold360, and his partners, the Murray brothers, are a huge part of that. And those are just a few of the many people who have decided that Tampa's a great place uh, to invest and keep companies and grow companies. And yeah, Threshold's just a good little microcosm case study uh, of that. But yeah, to date, all the funding has come from within that Tampa Bay area.
0: Tony, what are what are some of the maybe like top three startups we should be looking at that are in Tampa right now that everyone should keep their eye on? I don't know. Oh, you know, that's a-
1: <laughs> well, I really don't know. I mean, this, this, this is this is this what I was just saying earlier. I'm the, the worst person asked, but like, you know what's what's interesting is I'll, I'll give you some insight. Uh, the you know when I was doing when we were doing Citizen Investor, you know, you're really you're in the
0: ecosystem, right? And it was
1: small and it grew over, you know, over the three or four years that we were doing CitizenVestor. Um, And you really got to know the other people, right? There is, particularly when it's small, what's great about it is there's a camaraderie that goes into it, right? Kind of everyone working together and you'd go to the events and see the same people, but it was good because people were working on stuff. People would fail. They'd start something new, right? And it was a small, small microcosm of what you get at bigger ecosystems and, you know, like a Silicon Valley, San Francisco. What's interesting to me is actually when you step out of being in that world, how removed you get, right? So like in my, again, in my current role, I've been at Franklin Street for four years doing commercial real estate. the Funders is right underneath me. So I, uh, you know, see them. Uh, but otherwise, other than what I'm reading in, you know, Tampa Bay Business Journal, I get very little, uh what's going on in in the startup scene right and in many ways i wish i i wish i was more plugged in uh you know and and i don't know if that's you know i think that's sort of probably the next evolution as we talk about the growth of uh the scene and the capital as jordan mentioned and the ability to take advantage i think the next step is that ecosystem being ingrained into sort of the broader uh business community Right? And I still don't think that's necessarily happened yet, although you're seeing pieces of it. So I think, I think that's my legal answer of why I don't know how to answer your question, but I, I think I did a decent job.
0: <laughs> it was a great job. It was a great Thank job. <laughs> Jamie, so startups have to move incredibly fast. Uh, when you're assessing the viability of a startup, what uncomfortable questions do you ask to founders to see if they have the ability to make it?
2: Man, that's a... That's a great question. I think there's there's probably two right. Like if I don't understand how you're going to make money in a way that I can communicate to my mom, then I'm out. And it may be something like super awesome. It might be something that I just can't wrap my head around. But like if I don't understand how you're going to monetize it in a way that Beverly Grant, almost eighty, a saint of a woman, would understand, then like I'm kind of out.
3: Um,
2: I think the, the Beverly the, the, Grant,
3: my my uh, kindergarten teacher, for the record, that's true. God bless. That's
2: her. true. That's true. Uh, World's greatest kindergarten teacher. Um, So, so I think that's one. Two, I spend more of my time like drilling on the people, right? So, you know, when, when you, when you asked the question of Tony, I was kind of laughing. It's like, you know, the difference between then and now is like, we could name the three startups that existed back then. I I was at a pitch day uh, for, for Tampa Wave, you know, six, nine months ago, whatever it was. And like, I mean, companies were, were part of this cohort from Israel, from Germany, from all over the U.S., from Florida. Like people were coming to Florida to be part of a cohort in specifically coming to Tampa for this. And so, you know, you just you watch this life cycle. But to me, I, I think, um, you know, great businesses, great teams are all about people. And so many times we try and mystify it and make it about the automagical whiz bang that you plug in and something will Ha- and it, it just, it, at the end of the day, like technology is innovation that helps something scale. It's an accelerant. And it's a question of how those people are going to use it. So I'm way more interested in whether somebody, uh, like, I I kind of get skeptical when somebody calls themselves a, a founder. Like there's very few people. Jordan's one of those people that is so freaking disciplined. Like he actually did the four hour work week. He does getting things done better than anybody uh, not named the author. Like Jordan is so disciplined that like, he's one of these people that can legitimately take something on by himself and not have things drop. Um, I'm slightly less focused and disciplined than that. And so like um, huge believer in team, right? So when somebody wants to say I, instead of we, when somebody wants to be a founder, when somebody has the attitude of like, you know, look, when we're, when we're on the, the mountaintops, it was because of me. And when we're in the Valley, it's because of we, um, those are the things that I'm out because no matter what innovation you have, no matter what disruption you have, you're kind of exhibiting that you're somebody who knows what they want to be called or what title they want to have rather than what they want to get done. Um, and I think at the end of the day, like really, and I, I stress this with my team here, kind of a a startup from within government, which is harder than any startup I've ever run is like startups actually kind of easy. Like you just have to have a really good, solid idea and be stubborn enough and persistent enough. But then you get to this point where you have to scale and scale is where you, you break or you make, and and scales where you find out like how much are you really in the foxhole with your teammates, because things get really hard and the problems are magnified and and the consequences are magnified. And so I'm more interested in digging on like kind of almost making the team a little bit uncomfortable um, to figure out like how much do y'all really like each other? How much do you really have each other's back? Because no matter how good the business or how big the market, it's all gonna fall apart if you don't have a team that'll stick together through the inevitable challenges that range from like pressing submit and not knowing if there's enough money in ADP to pay the the team, like to, to, you know, a financial cliff to losing your biggest customer, like all these things that are real things have a way of demonstrating like how much you really are a teammate. Um, So to me, I like to kind of make it a a little bit awkward, which is sometimes why I invite Tony to those, because he's really good at like just throwing something in there that makes it everybody a little awkward.
1: Well, I, and I admittedly, I'm not very tech forward, as you said before. What again
2: is an magical whiz bang? Did you? It's one of it's it's um, so you remember when you were looking for the big blue E and it wasn't on. It's because the automagical whiz bang wasn't plugged in. Gotcha. gotcha. Appreciate it. Okay. Oh, no, it's the, it, like, look, you go to these conferences and you hear everybody talk about it. like, it's, it's like people feel compelled to talk smart and hide behind acronyms and do all these things that like, Want to make you think that it's, it's the technology that's just going to ma- magically make the operation work. And it's like at the end of the day, it's really just an accelerant. It's either accelerating efficiencies or inefficiencies, uh, improvement or problems. And so um, I'll draw you a diagram later, T. Perfect. Appreciate it. <laughs> no, I, I Actually,
1: love what you Jordan's said about. Got an
2: illustrators first. Jordan knows illustrators. So I need you to, right. I need you to get on get that. Get him road. on the phone. Thank you.
0: I, I love what you said about. On the people front, Uh, I coach high school basketball, so I talk about this a lot on the podcast, but I love um, getting in with the kids and, um, you know, you get into close games and it really doesn't come down to the X's and O's. It comes down to do the kids trust each other? Are they in it with each other? And you can draw the best play in the world, but it's do the kids trust that they can execute and that only comes through relationship and you need that. Um, You can draw up great plays uh, and they work fantastic when the team trusts each other um, and they're going to cover the backside on defense and, you know, X, Y, Z, you name it. Um, But I love that you mentioned that Tony, I want to, I want to jump to you. I want to jump to make Tampa. So, so yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, I'm going to read, from the introduction i promise everyone though i did read the book but i did like he basically lays out his thesis
2: i'm uh, gonna read Peter. the first sentence but i swear <laughs> i read the whole thing hey i read hey joe i read the forward too it was fantastic
1: <laughs>
3: <laughs> by the way this is the first time tony's heard these words in six years so this is gonna be great 100 <laughs> <Yeah. laughs>
1: so yeah please catch me up
0: tony i'm gonna catch you up uh, and, and I'm, all, I'm not going to read everything, but I'm going to read maybe, you know, give me give me a paragraph and a half because I think it was really great. I love it. Plans for how to solve the ills of a city are not in short supply. It is not uncommon for candidates, elected officials, and local leaders to develop plans and solutions in response to problems the community faces. Plans are good, the best of which lay out a roadmap for action and give a sense of direction. Unfortunately, too many of these plans consist solely solely of problems and solutions too many are simply a reflection and a reaction to the current system administration and direction that was a great highlight for me these plans miss the mark because they fail to start at the beginning and determine the purpose and goals of the city and a long-term vision of how to achieve those goals they also fail in another way a diversity of opinion and a lack of collaborative spirit as the following pages will lay out i believe the engaging Engaging the community in the governing process is one of the most important actions a city can take. Uh, I'm going to close with that piece right there in this book. But looking back uh, at the experiences, what insights and lessons have you learned? I know you're doing commercial real estate now, uh, but I'm sure you interact with government on a regular basis uh, in Tampa. You know, has the government matured? Like, love to hear kind of the behind the scenes from you.
1: Yeah, no, that's a great question. That was that was great writing. I I really, I really I'm pretty I sure I
3: rewrote that for you. Yeah,
1: i was about to say yeah. I don't know
2: who wrote it. Yeah. But that it was sound like me. That was unusually deep yeah. and well punctuated. Yeah.
1: So thank you, Jordan. I appreciate it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, it's it, it's interesting. I do, you know I uh, I have stayed you know interested in in what we're doing, particularly at the local level. Um, you know, I think it's we actually have a city council election and mayor, although you know, sort of unopposed, but uh, council elections going on here in the city. I was just at a forum the other night and, you know, people are, people are interested in what's going on. Right. We, I was just at the city council forum in, uh, here in South Tampa, and there was 250 people that came to listen to the council candidates, you know, talk on the issues. That's, that's awesome. Right. That's, that's really great. And, and oftentimes, you know, the, the problem is not with a willingness of the citizenry to engage but in the avenues in which we give them to engage, right? So it's like, okay, you can come to a council meeting, half or during the day, most people work, or they're at night when they have to take their kids to practice or they're making dinner or they just got home from a long day, right? It's like, it's, it's, it's hard. This stuff is is hard and they've got a lot, people got a lot of stuff going on in their life. And so I think the the, the, the goal with the book, but just in general, right, is how do we and this is where it sort of uh, dovetails, right? Because I think technology helps a lot in this. It's not the silver bullet um, because not everyone is tech literate, but how do we give more opportunities for people to get involved uh, and, and share their opinions? One, because it makes them more bought in to what's going on in their city. They feel more part of it as a community. And two, because elected officials, you know, with the exception of the great Jamie Grant, don't have all the answers, right? So uh I think and I think a lot of them would welcome it if there was a way to funnel it instead of just hearing the loudest voices, uh, you know, or the angriest voices that can take the time to to do that, right? The more we can open it up uh and sort of crowdsource ideas uh without saying, you know, something buzzy, um, I think it would be better. I think we'd have better government. So there's been some improvements in, in areas and and in other ways I think we're just as far as we were when you know I wrote that five years ago.
0: What? What would it take? What would it take to really move it forward?
1: Uh, well, one is a willingness, right? So it's 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 not just about uh, the, the reason you don't have the tools to do it is not just because we don't have the tools. We do have the tools. There's hundreds of them, right? There's a lot of you know when we were doing Citizen Investor, a lot of what we were interacting with besides the the Tampa startup community was you know the more broader civic engagement community. It was really it was actually really cool it was, it was we were sort of on the front end of it but there was a lot of cool initiatives um and there's a lot of, a lot of good companies that did good stuff you know some of them were very successful c-click fix uh, is one of those um that were really doing engagement tools and while a lot of uh you know elected officials or uh you know government officials and and actually, a lot of elected officials would say they want it, but then when you got to the brass tacks of dealing with the actual government officials, the actual uh, departmental folks, they didn't really want they didn't want it, you know. And you kind of need that you need that buy-in to implement it. So a lot of it is just just a willingness to uh, for those people to kind of be be bought in in the
0: process. Yeah, no, I, I love that. And and Jordan, this is kind of going to piggyback off, off the last question. You know, I view it as like startups really need the courage and focus to rock the status quo um and i'm seeing this right now like the status quo is so strong and um you know maybe kind of walk us through your thought process of like when you consider like a problem like is it worth taking on is it not worth taking on you have experience in the city it's been a decade some things have changed some things have haven't like is there a problem that you see like worth taking on that would kind of move the ball in tampa
3: Like personally taking on, not to give you another venture. Um. Yeah, no, no, no. (laughs) Uh, I found the problem that you know, I'm committing the next fifty years of my life to. Um, you you know, you you know this about me, Joe. I'm, I I like to think I'm pretty good at. dissenting from the kingdom of noise right avoiding yeah. information and news that's not relevant to my current life and work and so i'm so far removed from this that, that that it's hard for me to really spot a problem i'll notice one that's like uber close to home um like hyper hyper local as local as you can get the way that neighborhoods communicate is still insane like with within a closed community like i know next door is like playing in this space but like my neighborhood still defaults to like uh like a facebook group where people just like scream about yard signs uh with each other like it's it's a hot mess right so i i somebody's somebody's got to fix that problem i don't know what the solution is i can't imagine that facebook groups is it uh but there's nothing that like gets me excited the way that the problem of crowdfunding government projects coming out of the great recession did when tony came to me with that idea like that was like so clear it wasn't technology in search of a problem right it was like hey here's this problem this is tony you and i probably had our first conversation about this in 2010 um there were so many projects just collecting dust on shelves that were pre-approved by the government they had the permits they knew exactly what they needed to do all they needed was cash you also had citizens willing to spend more above and beyond what they were paying in taxes for those projects. It was, like, so easy. I mean, it's so easy. I mean, it took a genius like Tony to, like, see the problem, see the solution, and bring it all together, right? But that was clear, right? I, I, I think what I see a lot of founders doing today is, like, looking at new technologies like AI, right? Solutions and like trying and going and hunting down problems. That's usually not where great companies are are born out of. Usually it's somebody who understands a problem really deeply. Tony's a great case study of this. Tony was on a boring budget advisory board committee. It's like the most painfully boring thing in the world, but he really understood the problem, right? And that's what helped him see, okay, great. I, I really deeply understand this problem. I'm now learning about this new technology of crowdfunding and I can connect these ideas together. I just read a really um, interesting book called Building a Second Brain by Tiago Forte. (laughs) And he talks about- um, Of course you did. Of course I did. And he talks about, I forget forget who invented this methodology, uh, but basically like keeping 12 problems that really interest you top of mind all the time in the form of questions, right? So for example, like one for Tony would be, He's done this for the last 10 years. Like, how do we use technology to increase civic engagement at the local level? Right and whatever, and as long as you've got those those problems, those questions top of mind, maybe they're on a list next to your desk. You're much more likely to start with a problem and find a solution rather than finding a solution and go chase down a problem because you're obsessed with the problems, right? It's it's great investment advice too for investors. Like investors are obsessed with founders who are obsessed with the same problem over and over and over again. Like there was a really good article back in the day. When all the geo uh, location startups were popping up, Foursquare, Gowala there was this company called Scavenger. I remember reading this really good piece about Dennis Crowley, who I love, who is the founder of Foursquare. And one, they interviewed one of his investors and they were like, yeah, we bet on Dennis because he was obsessive about the problem of geo data, right? He already had a company that... that that he started and kind of failed with that problem. Then they created Foursquare, but it was obsessiveness over the problem rather than an obsession with shiny objects and ever changing solutions that makes great founders. That's a very long winded answer to your question, Joe. But there you go. But, but re- real
2: quick, while you called Tony a genius and you referenced like the Citizen Investor timeline, was that like it was about two and a half years after he loaded up the McCain bus with Coolers and Miller Light? Same genius?
3: same guy same guy same, guy. Right. same guy same guy just, just checking <laughs> but listen tony
2: tony's the only guy i know that like problems one through ten are like quantum computing and solving things and like 11 or 12 or like what's my middle name and what am i having for dinner
1: fair and accurate i will say one joe have me on the pod with these guys all the time i've never been called a genius so many times I don't <laughs> But two, I'm so much of a genius, I can't figure out how to turn off the volume of my notification. So I apologize about that on the video, but I literally don't know how to do it. So uh, yeah, but anyway, thanks. Keep going. Keep keep your answers are better than mine. I love I love what you guys are saying.
0: <laughs> well, Jordan, I, I I have taken Tiago Forte's class, building a second brain. So I'm I'm with you on that one, uh, Jamie. Jordan and Tony look like they retired. So why don't you help us out with this final question? They look like they're out of the scene, washed up a little bit. Um, you know, kind of walk.
2: Us Tony's like- looked like that since the first day of law school. Like that's how he showed up at law school. Was like Jordan just kind of gets like mature and like stay. It's like he's becoming like a, a manifest like wise author, and Tony just keeps looking more and more like a character from Always Sunny. <laughs>
0: uh, Tony, you got to come to Orlando. You oh my I'm, goodness I'm there I'm there let's <laughs> this is do too it much. this is too much uh Jamie you travel around the state of Florida all the time what are just maybe top of mind two or three problems that you think are worth considering right now as like startups
2: man I, I think that's so I, I I think Jordan said something really 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 uh profound um, because Tony is truly this awesome example of how it's supposed to work. Tony literally, like when we referenced the big blue E, it's because he was trying to find Internet Explorer and he had already launched a startup. So like there was zero technical knowledge, but there was a very clear obsession with a problem that was a real problem, that was a point in time where he wasn't coming saying man it would be really cool if i used ai or put something on the blockchain or it, you know published an api to do it was how do i solve this problem because people deserve better i think the second half of that is when you don't come in with a technical understanding you don't even have the temptation of automating first like you have to do it manual you have to learn it from the ground up Um, and that's just one of my rules is like, I I have a handful of rules when I launch something, but one of them is it's manual until we know exactly what we want to automate and then we'll start automating. And I think, you know, the example that Jordan gave on the inverse, right, is these people who show up and they're like, Hey, there's this really cool technology. Let me find a use for the thing. Um, it's just not as compelling or lasting or likely to succeed as somebody who identifies a clear problem and says like, how can I eliminate unnecessary steps, um, and go, I'd say, um, you know, it's kind of funny, right, I'm, I'm right now, like just over a couple days past two and a half years in this job, which is like, I think a year longer than any of my predecessors, which is, is pretty crazy. Um, you know, but um, you've heard me say a lot, Joe, this is my first and only government job I'll ever have. Um, I think one of the things and I think Tony and, and Jordan would both agree with this, like it is really hard to do what we do and be thinking about what's next like the way that you survive the now is to pour everything you have into the now. Right. And so like, it, it can become a challenge to lift your head up and go, okay, wait a minute. I'm, I'm kind of getting to a place where it's okay for me to think about what's next without cheating on what I'm supposed to be doing now. Um, I think if I was to focus on uh, you know, three startup ideas, I would focus on um some markets that are still relatively untapped, like government, healthcare, and education are all basically the same thing with different products. They are still insanely draconian. Um, They are insanely um, unsecure. Um, They are insanely vulnerable. Uh, We just had the Tallahassee Memorial uh, Health System here uh, shut down for two weeks, ransomed, uh, taking nothing but ICU patients on paper, everybody else diverted. Um, And so when you start thinking about what it looks like for uh, the only level one trauma center within two hours to be ransomed and, and, um, and, and shut down for weeks. like That should highlight to you, you know, that, that there's a problem. Um, education, government, these are areas where um, kind of the bureaucracy, um, and, and Tony was touching on this a little bit. Like I, I'm not saying they've made me mad enough to ever run for office again because I don't think that's possible. But like looking at the things that some unelected bureaucrats do to thwart elected and accountable officials in the implementation fees, in the implementation phase, let's see if he knows how to answer it.
1: Wow. I can silence that. There's a button that says silence.
2: (laughs) He reads good. We'll give him that. Uh, so, So like what I didn't appreciate from the policymaker perspective is that you cannot force the operation or implementation and that there's somebody that's sitting there that is just not there to do it, they don't care. Um, Or they do care even worse and they just philosophically disagree or they object to it for some reason. And so like um, figuring out the long tail of cutting through, whether you call it the swamp, the deep state or anything else, like uh, these labels get thrown around that that make it really difficult to have conversations sometimes and the kind of debate that Tony's describing. But if we're really gonna have that kind of honest debate, like, we got to start asking ourselves how we measure things, how we go, because at the end of the day, and, and I say this a lot in this role, um, had a lot of nights putting together board reports for a venture backed PL. That's, that's pressure. Like, Jordan and Tony both have had to report to boards and raise capital, and, and all the, that's really hard. Um, I had no idea that having no PL was infinitely harder. And so, like, managing without a PL, managing without a balance sheet, managing without earnings. Man, that's tough because there's just no way to like level set score and say like, look, these are things we value. So um, I don't know that I totally answered your question, Joe, but I would say I would look at three industries: government, healthcare, uh, and education as industries that are in desperate need of market forces and innovation. Almost all of they they all share almost identical traits of no markets and entrenched stakeholders, stakeholders who want to keep the power, stakeholders who like the fact that right now there's a ton of money that goes through it and I don't think you have to look any further than that school in I think it was Indianapolis uh that spends like six grand per kid we got to send this out if you haven't seen it but this like Tony did you I, this is like yeah. right up your alley I saw it yeah. so like it, yeah I almost sent it to you because I, I literally it was like in a, in a tweet um uh but but like it's a school that spends like six grand per head and 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 is like nicer and Uh, I mean, it's, you know, I wanted to go to high school. I never wanted to go to high school in my life, but like at 40, I was like, I'll go there Um, because they had cut out like five grand of, of like BS administrative stuff. And so like, whether it's six grand or nine grand, whatever it is, there's this bloat that sits there that's poured in at the top rather than poured into the constituents. And I think if you summed up all the work that the three of us have done in the startup space, uh, we've all started with like the, the the patient in mind, or the visitor in mind, or the taxpayer in mind, and built from the ground up to say like if you remember who the customer is, then you'll draw up and you'll start hitting enterprise uh, customers and you'll start hitting the B two B market. But you're you're kind of tough to beat if you can win the customer, the taxpayer, the patient, or whoever it may be at, at like the, the the transactional level.
1: Yeah, I think that's it. I don't think I reason- answered your question at all. Well, I was just going to, I was going to piggyback on it because I think beyond, again, kind of using our current experience as a, uh, to dictate the the answer, the same is true in real estate and real estate adjacent uh, services, right? I think, I think a lot of people, understandably so, a lot of what gets the press, a lot of what gets the attention is a lot of the, you know, consumer facing, uh, you know, technology and startups. There is so much to be done in these sort of like older not sexy industries for lack of a better word uh you know like government but honestly real estate i mean the the software i see that we you know in our clients and our competitors and people use is is terrible comparatively to other industries um and so i think there's a a a big opportunity and to but again it's, it's kind of the same point it's starting with the problem it's like you have to really understand what's going on in those industries uh, but if you do, I think there's a lot of opportunity for, uh,
0: for disruption.
2: But Tony, I think there's a whole second set on this at some point if Joe can put up with it because like, you're a great example of taking the startup mentality into larger operations. And I think when we think about the life cycle of Tampa, like your mentality isn't that different at Franklin Street than it was at Citizen Investor, right? That's your right. approach to problem solving, the way you looked at things, the way you refused to accept the status quo... Like all of that is is really no different in the startup world versus, you know, citizen investor versus Franklin street. It's a mindset, it's an operation, it's a mentality. And I think we'll see Tampa take that next step when we go from, you know, a handful of startups and no capital to now a pretty vibrant startup scene. And, and I think it was you, Tony, that was talking about, or Jordan, one of the two of you was talking about it, like becoming pervasive in the actual economy every day, like a main vertical there. I think that's because you're going to watch people who had, you know, been punched in the face metaphorically with a startup and gone through that grind and learned what it takes that then find themselves in a C-suite of a company like Franklin street that has a bigger reach and, and really now the ability to apply the same mentality and skill set. So I think there's a lot to be said about like not feeling like, and I'm not saying you do, but I think some people I struggle with sometimes, like, am I a sellout if I don't go back to co-founding, right? Like, is that just who I am at my core or like, are there stages of life? And I think there's something to be said about taking freedom and taking liberty to take the exact same skill set and the exact same tools into a little bit less demanding environment or a little bit more stable environment, but not losing the approach.
0: Yeah, that was fantastic. Tony, uh, fun fact, and we could talk more you come to Orlando. I actually started my official business career. I don't know if call this. Like at, right after college, I worked at a uh, commercial real estate a uh, mortgage banking company. So Oh really? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I got licensed so I could take commission um but I worked as like a junior analyst reading reports, analyzing deals. It was miserable. I hated it so much. Um staring at spreadsheets uh and then anyways made the jump into the software world. But we'll we'll have to talk. We'll have to talk Nice. More.
1: Yeah.
2: When I'm in Orlando dressed as Grover Cleveland, we will uh we will go over that. <laughs> Hey, Tony's only invited if he'll put on like the basketball equivalent of a Tom Manski video to teach your team how to box out because he looks like a chunky three, but he's a powerful four. Uh, <laughs> t- d- like t- Tony, Tony's like Charles Barkley that couldn't jump, right? He's like short, nobody's paying attention, and he finishes the game with 18 rebounds. Uh, he's, he's crafty, Joe. You got like a, the guy can put on a clinic out there.
1: We, we played. I don't think we did like the, the origin story of the group, but Jamie and I met first at uh, law school. We went to law school together and we were on the same intramural basketball team. Uh, and I, I definitely have stories about that, but probably <laughs> offline would be like the best place to, to tell those. But yeah. Only
3: in Orlando.
2: Yeah, only in Orlando. Yeah, only in Orlando. All you guys late. are better at this than
3: there me. You to there, you yeah. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Yeah. There you go.
0: Well, I could talk hoops forever, but as like Jordan is going to know, we're going to have to redeem our time That's right. right now. We have four minutes, so we're going to wrap this up. I know we couldn't cover everything. Uh, there was a ton of excitement leading up to this. And if you like what you saw today, and I know we're, we're going to throw it out on um, the Tech Tables, the Public Sector Show by Tech Tables feed tonight, uh, which it will go out tomorrow morning. Fun fact, if you actually, uh, in Apple Podcasts, type in Public Sector, we have the number one public sector podcast in the US ahead of Microsoft, McKinsey, which is a testament really to my wife who does all the podcast editing and makes me look good. Um, but you won't want to miss this on uh, Saturday, March 18th in Orlando, two and a half weeks. It's going to be a blast. We got folks from Tallahassee as far down as Miami. Um, there are only three tickets left. So come out, go to the website, techtables.com. You're not going to want to miss this one. Tony's dressing Jordan up. said
2: he'd sign books for all three of the last tickets. Jordan yep. said, personalize what said. whatever what you want on them. I'll bring them over.
3: And Jamie's going to be drinking coffee. Speaking of Beverly Grant, one last shout out to good old Bev from this coffee mug. Uh, he's going to bring his little James coffee mug with him to Orlando. If you're sure tricking out of that i've just been scrolling through instagram this entire conversation
2: this, I, I was about to say like there's so many that like the when you really want to dive in before i forget like everybody please go buy jordan's books like we i'm not kidding uh there's certain things that like you can't capture in the podcast um uh it's not often you have a friend that's like as like jordan's really freaking good at what he does go buy the books you'll be better for it um so so you got kids books you got big kid books. You got grown up books. He's got a full suite. Uh, but but Jordan, like, let's make sure we we do you justice because um, you know some of the folks who don't know you know you as like three hundred and sixty and not yeah. necessarily as a as a fantastic communicator and writer. Um, I, that was really just my attempt to be a good friend and to distract you away from Instagram twenty twelve because there's right? there there's I think uh, there's too many stories on this table. The good news is like my next gig is fully private. My next gig is fully unfiltered. Uh, so I'll look fun to, uh, you know, in a couple of years, maybe doing uh, a- another version of the Unplugged. Yes, please. Yes, please.
0: Uh, I love this. And we're going to be in Houston on Wednesday, March 29th at Hotel Zaza. It's going to be a Ooh. blast.
3: I just stayed at a Hotel Zaza in Austin. It was fire. The I stay at the Zaza ever every
1: time I go to Austin or Houston. Really?
3: Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's so great. Yeah. this
1: this Big fan. Got off the rails. but Yeah, it's a great hotel.
2: <laughs> Not going to lie, I didn't know if y'all were joking. Like, hotel Alzaza was a real thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Got it.
0: Yeah. Well, that's going to be all for today. Many thanks to Jordan, Tony, and Jamie for coming on the pod live. Tony, I'm going to send you a link. I'll follow up with you. See you in Orlando.
1: Can't wait. Thanks for having me, Joe.
0: Great catching Jamie, up with you guys. Seven AM, Jamie. <laughs> hey, I'm.
2: Listen, I am so glad. I am so glad Tony got accidentally invited to this thing because it was definitely more lively than it would have otherwise been. But like that text thread needs to show up in Orlando because oh, I man. was super confused. <laughs> oh man! I thought we were getting yeah, a roadshow instead. We got total. Tony.
1: It was fantastic. Just a happy accident. Thanks. Thanks again. So many jokes, Thank you guys.
2: That's what I'm
3: they call mom. me, guys. I'm 14 right. years younger. <laughs> <laughs> See y'all. See you guys.
0: See you, boy. You're listening to The Public Sector Show by Tech Tables, a podcast dedicated to sharing human-centric